We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek here. And it feels like it's been a little bit since we've done an episode together. I don't know. We did the recap recently, but I don't know. Just with the, how these weeks roll on, man, and just how this team continues to sputter down the stretch, it just seems like this these last couple of weeks have been just really drawn out. It seems like it's just taken longer than normal. Uh, and we're just about ready for this season to be over. Mercifully, it's almost there. One more week of Colts football yeah. in the 2022 season, and we'll never see this 2022 Colts offense again. Thank heavens, we are so done with it. And it's just, uh, it's been just a you know disappointment to say the least. Been an embarrassment to say the least. It's just been one of those seasons that's you know one of the ones that you want to try to forget as a Colts fan. And when you look back five, ten years from now, you'd be like, man, well, at least we weren't, we weren't as bad as the 2022 Indianapolis Colts. That's the state we've gotten to right now. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, we wanted to kind of talk about with one game left in this 2022 season, you know, the Colts are going to be looking, obviously, for a new head coach, whether that means bringing Jeff Saturday back full time, which we're going to do a topic of a video. And that's another topic for another video that we'll talk about if Jeff Saturday should be even in consideration for that, um, you know, but they are, they are going to be in the coaching search. But one question I think that some people have uh, is, is, are they going to be potentially looking for a new general manager? Now, Jim Mercer has come out. He said Chris Ballard is going to be back next year. But how much, Derek, can you take Jim Mercer at his word at this point? You know, because he said certain things about Frank Reich, and then a couple weeks later, he fires him. You know, he hasn't fired. So, like, how much stock do you put into what Jim Irsay says? You know, he said that a few weeks ago, and the Colts have gone from just losing now to flat out embarrassing themselves on a week out, week in, week out basis. So, how much, you know, do you, you know, blame on the coaching staff versus how much do you have to stop, look yourself in the face, look yourself in the mirror, and say, maybe this is a personnel decision too? Maybe personnel is not where it should be. Either. What are your thoughts on all this stuff regarding Jim Mercer's comments about Chris Ballard and just how that dynamic will play out? Yeah, I mean, like you said, with Jim Ursay's word, you kind of can't trust it right now with how everything has transpired. Like you said, he said Frank Reich was going to finish out the season. 
And sure enough, two weeks later, that that was just not going to happen. Right. So there's always a breaking point whenever something like that happens. And, you know, it could only be a matter of time until, you know, Chris Ballard uh, has his. And we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes um, and about why we think he may or may not be back. But um, in regards to everything, I think that the reason why Ballard is still here is because I do believe that there is some opportunities for him to show Jim Ursay that, you know, that there could be some things that Ballard could do to save his job and to actually improve this team in a couple different ways. Uh, but like you said, when it comes to the personnel of everything, coaching staff wise, obviously offensively, it was not good all year, clearly. Uh, but there was also the blame of the personnel, the quarterback that you had running the show for the year. He was not that he was obviously not good. Uh, the offensive line, you failed to address it in a multitude of different ways. And we saw what was happening. Right. And then you're seeing these contracts that are going bad and, you know, players are not, you know, living up to their potential. That's not all on Ballard. Of course, you know, players that we're paying right now, you're being paid because you were playing at an extensionally high level. Uh, pretty much any one of, of the guys on the offensive line at one point was worth the contract that they're getting right now. But the problem is, is this year they were not worth their contracts. And that is something that, you know, Ballard, you know, can take some blame for, but at the same time, personnel they the, the offensive line in general Cody and we kind of talked about it earlier this week with Saturday's comments about the O-line just doesn't seem like there's any heart right and that's not Ballard's job to give these guys heart that's their jobs so they're getting paid all these millions they should have the heart to be out there playing football and playing their freaking hearts out for their brothers but that's uh, another topic for another day but again as far as I'm concerned I mean, there's blame everywhere, right, Cody? I mean, there's blame everywhere. It's it falls on nobody's shoulders uh, entirely. But while Ballard has done some good things for this roster, he also has failed in a multitude of different ways this year. And obviously now he's in a position where it's do or die for him. Yeah, it's weird to say that Chris Ballard and this Colts team have bad contracts, right? Because you look at the span of Chris Ballard's tenure from when he came in in 2017 to now, um, this is really the only year where you could definitively look and say, the Colts have some bad contracts on their hands that they must get out of, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's not like a common thing. The Colts usually are one of the best teams in terms of, you know, not having dead cap, right? They've been really notorious for being really good in that department. But you look at some of the some of the guys that they are going to, uh, you know, potentially have to cut and have to eat some of that dead cap. Matt Ryan's the first one that comes to mind. Nick Foles, Moali Cox, you know, like there's a couple guys there that the Colts will have to because of some bad contracts that they handed out. Ryan Kelly, you know, is another one. Like some bad contracts that they handed out, or guys that just simply aren't, you know, coming like you said into uh, what they're not playing up to their potential of what their contract is. Yeah, I mean, you can point to so many guys, Derek, that are not living up to their contract this year, especially. Oh yeah, and when you're, you know, you've only won four games all year. You may not even win another game. You know, and you may not even beat Houston, who is the worst team in the NFL record-wise. Uh, 
you got to get rid of some of these contracts, right? And I think the Colts will this offseason. But yeah, it's just come to that point where, you know, I don't know why you felt compelled to give Moali Cox the kind of money that you gave him. I don't know why you felt compelled, you know, to pay your offensive line as much as you've paid them. You know, things like that. And it's just like, you know, it, it just, I don't know. You just look at, at the team as a whole, where, they're, where they are invested in. You look at the positions they're invested in versus the positions they're not. They're not invested. I mean, I guess they kind of are, but they're investing themselves into a 30-plus-year-old quarterback, you know? Two 30-plus-year-old quarterbacks are investing themselves into um, a good chunk of money, and you're going to have to eat dead cat from both those guys. Uh, you know, you're investing into a, a tight end that's not even a top, you know, I wouldn't even say is a, a top 20, top 30 tight end right now in Mo Ali Cox, and you would paid him that amount of money and it's just like things like that where you're just like and, and before the Naheem Hines trade, you, you did the same thing. I know we love Naheem Hines, but you paid him too much money to just not use him. Yeah. So like there's just things like that where you're like, why are you not investing the money into pass rush? Right. I know the Colts have some young guys, but like they've never signed a big name free agent, you know, pass rush guy. And there have been guys out there that they could have potentially signed. Yanni Kingako is the first swing if you will and it wasn't even a, a signing it was a trade so like they haven't really invested a whole lot in terms of proven talent there you know they haven't really invested a lot since Costanza retired and left tackle you know I think Ryman is a playing well for a rookie he's actually I think he's he's played well enough where I feel comfortable going in next season with him as left tackle I think he can improve that anchor like we talked about but like you look at where you're investing your money versus where some of the most successful franchises right now are investing their money. And it's, it's, it's laughable actually at where you're investing your money right now. So you look at all that, you look at what Chris Ballard has done. You look at some of the guys that he's let walked for really pennies on the dollar. You know, Danico Autry still making an impact with Tennessee, uh, Chris Reed, you know, Mark Glowinski, those guys, like, you know, guys that played well for you and were available, you just decided to not bring back for some reason. Like things like that, where you're just like, that doesn't make any logical sense why you decided to not bring them back. Like, those were glue guys that really could have helped your team turn it around. You know, honestly, you think about that. And I know there's a lot more problems with this team specifically, but like you don't let guys like that go, right? You just don't do that. And so it's really tricky with Chris Ballard. Because like we said, like he's really good at finding talent. He found Rodney Thomas this year in the seventh round, who has played really well, all things considered. Um, but then, you know, you just have some of those things where you know, you've invested so much at defensive end and you still have questions at pass rush. It's gotten better, but you still don't have for what you've invested, Derek, in pass rush, it's still not where it needs to be. Still. Yeah, um, it's and it's just like you you've tried to invest in certain things, you've swung and missed on a few different things, and it's just yeah, that, I guess that just kind of leaves you where you are, and you really haven't tried at quarterback either, which is obviously the big one that we've talked about, and we're going to debate for this whole off season. So, yeah, a lot to dissect with that, and it's very true. Like when we talk about Chris Ballard, right? I think that the biggest argument that we've had over the last several years with Ballard has been he has invested money into positions that oftentimes don't matter as much. Yeah. Uh, I think that's been one of the biggest issues. Like he invested in now, I'm not saying DeForest Buckner is a terrible player, but I'm just saying no, if he's gonna be your highest paid defensive player. You know, he needs to be having the biggest impact 
at that time when they signed him, that was what he was. And at that point, uh, he wasn't, you know, the best, but he was one of the best. But right now, obviously paying, you know, anywhere from 15 to $20 million a year for a, a defensive tackle right now, when you got some other gaps in other places, it's just not where it belongs. And let's be fair, the edge rush is the most important. Okay, there's very few defensive tackles in this league that change that change games. Okay, and DeForest Buckner is one of those few that has potential to do that, but not quite what he once was. And um, again, like in the and not and it's sometimes it's just been the mismanagement of money, which is weird because you know you said it from when Chris Ballard first got in here, he was he was strict to a all at times like not wanting to dish out money at all i mean there would be times where indianapolis would be top five in cap remaining at the end of seasons and they wouldn't even like they wouldn't spend the money we're like spend the freaking money ballard but yeah. he did and then he started but then he ironically enough i don't know i don't remember how much they actually fully invested in the cap when it comes to their entire quarterback room but I mean, you think about it, they're paying they paid Foles three million this year. You're paying Matt Ryan what, twenty-four million this year? Something yeah, like it's, that. It's a lot. It's over twenty twenty yeah, for sure. And then you're paying another million for Ellinger. So, you know, you're paying twenty-eight million dollars for this quarterback room and it's the worst in the it's NFL. It's the worst in football, right? So, yeah. like again, it, it's not the fact that they're not trying, but they're investing money into the wrong players right now. And that's another problem that people are having a trouble with, with Ballard is that. And then, like you said, he is a phenomenal uh, scout and knowing how to get players in the draft. That is his mo uh, mojo. And that is probably one of the biggest reasons why you would think to bring Ballard back is with that potential to do that because him and his group do a fantastic job of hitting uh, big players in the draft. But again, it is a thing where in the free agency market, the way he has done things has really hurt this team in the long run for a lot of things. Like you mentioned, letting a few players go. You have to sometimes in this league, Cody, and it's unfortunate that sometimes you have to allow certain players to leave because of pocketbook exchanges. But you're right. He has allowed a few guys to leave, and they have become fantastic uh, options in other schemes that have really done fantastic. And like you said, when, when trying to build, he has also missed right with the draft and it's unfortunate because every draft we see him get two or three amazing players that end up becoming starters and they do a fantastic job but you're right in some of the biggest positions he hasn't built the roster he's trying to build in uh, through the defensive end position right now with quitty pay and dio dangbo jury is still out on whether or not they're going to be the long-term solution but his track record before that it hasn't been great Right. And of course, you know, when you drafted Ryman uh, uh, this year, I mean, his he was not supposed to be the starter. Right. And that's the thing. It took you it took you over halfway through the season for you to finally start feeling confident that Bernard Ryman could be a left tackle in this league. That's the problem is that's what's getting your offense killed is the most important position on the offensive line you trusted for a rookie left tackle who had played for that position for one year 
right? Like that's the that's the bad part of this. And you, you let some of those other offensive linemen go. And now you're going to have to tie yourself down to a couple of these other contracts on the O-line from guys who aren't playing well. And so that's the biggest issue, right? Is just been what has he been spending his money on and how much has he been spending it's been an issue and it's something he has to fix. And the whole strategy of, you know, not being aggressive in free agency, that just needs to not be a thing anymore. He needs to start being more aggressive with some of these free agents that he can bring in. Uh, we've, we've said it before multiple times, Cody, how many times in the last like two off seasons have we said, go and get a free agent in, the off season at defensive end, like a premier pass rusher. And, you know, we obviously traded for Yannick Ngakwe this year, but I mean, we never see him go out and get the big name free agent, uh, edge rusher that we know would make an impact. But again, the, the saving grace, uh, for Ballard and, and it leads to the topic of conversation. I mean, will he be the GM come this next year? I mean, I think ultimately, Cody, that it comes down to the ultimatum of what Ballard does from the months of March and April. I think that's going to be the biggest aspect of this. Uh, it, it's going to come down to the fact that I think Jim Ursay knows that, you know, Ballard and his group know how to evaluate. But the one position that they have failed to address in the draft since Andrew Luck retired has been the quarterback. And we've heard multiple reports that there's been multiple quarterbacks over the last three years that the Colts have consistently tried to get involved in the uh, in this team. But for some reason, it just doesn't work out, whether that's the fault of former head coach Frank Reich, whether that's the fault of Chris Ballard not being aggressive enough, or Jim Ursay getting in the way when he shouldn't be, right? Like, that's what we, we keep hearing all these things. But it needs to be a thing where, you know, it is time to start looking at the future and stop taking gambles at positions that are the most important and getting these players who you think can be great, but you need to start looking towards the future. It's so weird how the Colts have handled the quarterback position, right? You talked about how they've invested. I mean, really, you look at in Ballard's tenure. I mean, going back to even 2020 with Phil Rivers and Jacoby Brissett, I mean, they had the by far the highest paid quarterback room yeah. in the NFL at that point. And again, they have one of the higher paid quarterback rooms in the NFL this year, but it's where they're investing it. It's just, it's really weird that. You know, they just have not really been aggressive to go get their guy, right? They've had opportunities, right? You know, they obviously traded number 13, got DeForest Buckner. We love DeForest Buckner. But if you could have went and, you know, traded up and been aggressive and gone and, you know, took a shot at like a Justin Herbert, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but like if you really liked him and you traded up and got him, like or traded ahead of the Chargers and got him, like you could have done that. You had a chance there. As much as people want to say Ballard hasn't had a chance, which I think is just like, one of the most poor excuses of an argument because he clearly has multiple times. Now, how much do you blame, you know, Frank Reich on the Carson Wentz thing? I don't know, but the, 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 the truth is Justin Fields was falling. The Colts had an opportunity. They could have gone up if they wanted to and gotten Justin Fields. If they really wanted to, um, I know that they thought at that point, Carson Wentz was their guy, but you know what? Like it, it still falls on the GM. Ultimately, like, he, he could make that decision. And so 
The fact that the Colts have had opportunities, but they haven't done anything about it, I think is very telling. The fact that they kept kicking the can down the road another year, another year. They don't even have a young guy in the wings. The, the guy they have right now, the youngest player they have at quarterback, it was a sixth, seventh round pick a couple of years ago. Right. That's how little they've invested in this position and the most important position in sports. I mean, you look at Derek, uh, they've they've invested in defensive end. That's about the only premier position they've seriously invested a lot of capital into, you know, really since, you know, just Chris Ballard has been here. Right. Costanza retired after 2020. Colts had two off seasons. They invested a third round pick and that's it in terms of left tackle. Right. And they didn't even have a backup plan if Matt Pryor failed. They really did not yeah. last year. And so um, they've taken opportunities, but really haven't done a whole lot with them. You know, they haven't really, you know, tried to develop a guy. So I'm glad that Ryman now, at, you know, is improving. So hopefully that situation is is resolved. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting going back to like how Chris Ballard is really weird with, with uh, contracts that he gives out versus contracts he won't, right? The fact that he wouldn't pay Chris Reed or Mark Glowinski a certain amount of money, but he'll pay Quentin Nelson the most money in, in the NFL. Now, I know Quentin Nelson, you know, everybody says he's the best guard in football. Hasn't played that way this year, but his resume speaks for itself. But you look at between those two guys, Derek, like you, you would even probably pay half of what you pay Quentin Nelson, you know, two serviceable guards. Yeah. And also, like, I think about Danico Watry leaving. The fact that he wanted just a little bit more money and you weren't willing to give it. But you're willing to invest over twenty million in two defensive linemen in the interior. Like that is absolutely ridiculous. The fact yeah. that you weren't able to do that. When, like you said, you've had the most cap space. It's not like you're like don't have any cap space and you can't afford to do that. You can afford to do that. Oh yeah. You know? But you just chose not to. Mm-hmm. Like those things right there, that kind of stuff, it's just like Players don't want players notice that stuff. You know, like people yeah. notice that stuff. They don't want to come to the Colts because they know they're always going to try to lowball them, right? Yeah. The bad and part of the this, the bad part of it is, is like with the contracts and the personnel and everything, uh, like you say, we don't have the quarterback yet. So it's going to be hard once again to bring in offensive free agents this year unless you overspend, right? Unless you overspend and tell them, hey, we are going and getting the guy that's going to throw you the football this offseason. Come here and help us with rebuilding this team. Like, and here's like $20 million a year, right? Like, that's the kind of thing that is going to have to happen. So, unfortunately, again, you're shooting yourself in the foot with that because now you got to, you got to, fix the quarterback issue, which is going to affect the entire uh, offseason in uh, the offensive side of things. And then you have to fix up some coaching decisions on the other side, which I don't think Cody is the big, is the big issue that everyone, no one's talking about. We keep talking about Ballard from the sense of, you know, you, Oh, like he personnel decisions. He makes them if he wants, which is fine. A, a lot of GMs do that. So I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to that. But the problem we have is think back to 2017. He wanted to hire Josh McDaniels. The group of guys he wanted before that, before they eventually hired Frank Reich, it was not a good group. And no. the fact that like you would hire Josh McDaniels, who now, by the way, has was given free reigns to, to the Vegas Raiders, who his players are now throwing him under the bus, saying how terrible of a coach he is, and, and that organization is falling apart. 
And that was the Josh McDaniels that Chris Ballard wanted to hire, right? And now you have Jim Ursay coming out saying, talking about the hiring process in this, like as if it's his decision in the end on who comes here and coaches. Like owners don't do that. Now owners would have input. Of course, you know, they'll talk with their GMs, be like, hey, who are you thinking? Like, maybe uh, maybe look at this guy here for a second. I, I kind of like who he is. Like, that's cool. The owners do that sometimes. But owners don't take initiative of the hiring process of a head coach. But Jim Ursay is making it sound like he's the one taking charge in it. I mean, if that tells you what the, co- the confidence level is of a Chris Ballard making that kind of decision, it's a little concerning, Cody. Right. I do wonder. I think I see two scenarios where Chris Ballard would no longer be the GM for the Colts. I think number one, the Colts embarrass themselves in Houston against Houston. They get absolutely destroyed or, you know, whatever. You know, they lose the worst team in the NFL for the second straight year, mind you, at the end of the season to end it. Maybe then it's just enough is enough for Jim Irsay. And he's like, you know what? No, we're, you know, we're we're gonna get a new guy in here. You know, maybe we maybe they elect to go like Jim Harbaugh, you know, where he has control of both of them. You know, maybe they elect to go GM coach kind of thing. I don't know, but you know, yeah, I can see that. Normally, people were talking about right, like the regime yeah. sometimes leaves together, right? Like because exactly, when Mike don't leaves, make it awkward for the next coach. It does make it a little. It makes it a little bit, but like I think people over overcompensate on that argument too much. I mean, I get that like sometimes the GM and the coach come in together and it kind of melts into it a little bit. But I think if you get the right coach, then I still think that there's some things that you can do if you trust what your GM's doing. But again, that's up in the air. I just hated what they did last time with the whole firing, uh, you know, firing uh, Ryan Grixon, bringing in Chris Ballard and keeping Chuck Pagano. Like, I thought that was just ridiculous. It was just like a lame duck coach for a year. For Chris Ballard, it's like, why would you even do that? Let him pick his guy from yeah, day one. Right. And so, like, my concern is like, you know, if you if you say you keep Ballard for this year, right, and you he hires a coach, like, and the team doesn't do well, and then he's had enough of Chris Ballard, does he just fire that coach again after one season? Like, does he keep that coach? Like, when does it end? I guess is my question. Like, yeah. Can we when just, do like, you find a good ultimatum? Can yeah. we make a clear cut? Like, please, like, let's just let's just restart. If we're gonna rebuild and restart. Let's just cut bait and start over. Like, that's where I'm at with this team. But the second scenario that I see, Derek, is Chris Ballard stepping away. Like, I think that actually has some traction to it. I was listening to uh, good friend Kevin Bowen's podcast yesterday, and he said that he had a conversation with somebody who is very involved with uh, the Colts, you know, decisions, personnel decisions and stuff. And he said, if Chris Ballard ever feels like his voice is muted, he'll leave. He'll be done. And it's got to feel like that, right? Like, it feels like through all of this, Cody, like from since the season began, it felt like Ballard was taking the backseat to everything. Now, we kind of assumed that may have been, you know, his approach, right? Was, you know, being uh, thrown into the backseat because Ursay wanted to make it about him. And then the head coach was was the fall guy in all this. But... There's no fall guy anymore. <laughs> it's it's on Ballard everything at this point. And like I said, with the with the the hiring of the head coach and you know telling guys like this is who we need to draft, sort of thing. Like, yeah, it may be the first time that Ballard doesn't feel in control of what's going on in this organization right now. 
I mean, I could see that I could see a scenario where that does happen. Like I really could see that where Chris Bowers just like, I- I'm stepping down. You know, I can't do this. I can't deal with this. I can't be in a place where the owner doesn't trust me and won't let me make the decisions. Like I, I could see that. Honestly, I could. Um, and I don't blame Chris Ballard. I really don't blame him um, because I, I feel like he, there's going to be plenty of NFL teams that are come calling. You know, oh, if, yeah. if Chris Ballard does decide to step away or he's no longer the Colts GM. So I think his resume will definitely, uh, I know <laughs> we look at the record, you look at stuff, it's not pretty, but then you look at some of the guys that he's found in the draft. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I think there would be some franchises that would certainly give him an opportunity uh, to be their GM. So, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I know there's at least 10 teams in the league that would be calling him immediately asking for him. Like, like you said, his resume is good, regardless of what anyone says about Chris Ballard, his resume is good. He has brought in a lot of staple players, found some great ones. He's built some great connections. Uh, the only thing I think of after this is just like, again, if you decided to replace Ballard, I mean, who are you replacing him with? Right. Exactly. Like I don't, I can't really give you anyone here an idea of who the hell I would want to be in here. Uh, I know Dodds has been in the building for a long time and I don't know if Dodds would be willing to take over or not. I mean, Dodds has had multiple interviews with multiple different teams over the last several years and has turned down every opportunity because of his, uh, you know, his willingness to walk away. You know, he, he knows when he's in a position that he wants to be in. He's being smart. He knows he's young. He knows he's only going to get more popular with the time as long as he continues to, you know, bring in a guy or two every year in the draft. So he, his name's going to keep getting brought up. It's just a matter of he wants to be in the right situation at the right time. And if, and right now, I would think you would have said even last year, I think you would have said the Colts position uh, at GM would have been much better uh, last offseason. But going into this offseason, I don't know if Ed Dodds wants to put himself in this position where Jim Ursay has been, you know, taking over things. So no. I don't I don't know if he'd be willing to do it. And I can't tell you guys who I would uh, who else would be of interest, mainly just due to the fact that, you know, I, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention to it. I would probably have to divert, you know, asking some guys, some other Colts content creators who know a little bit more about that kind of subject than me. Um, because yeah, we've been talking about that all off season, right? Cody, or even during the season. I mean, people have been saying Ballard doesn't deserve another chance. Ballard doesn't deserve another chance, but I haven't heard anyone say names on no. who's going to replace it. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you got to replace him with someone. And I mean, as bad as Ballard has been in a few positions, uh, he's still brought some great staple players into this organization, especially on the defense. I think just ultimately, Cody, that you I think Ursay is sitting back and I think he is thinking that it is I'm going to give Ballard one more chance. Give him one more chance to write some, some write a wrong here. Get me my future franchise quarterback. Get me him. Get me the right. Help me get the right coach. Help me get things back on track. Then we'll 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 keep you around. But if he fails to get the quarterback, if he fails to help with the coach, if he fails to help fix this locker room culture that is crushed right now then I see Ursay letting him go at that point. 
Yeah, I do wonder, like, does Ursay have more say this offseason, right? Does he say, you're getting me a quarterback? Does he say, does he have more, you know, influence in free agency? Like, he's like, I want that guy. Bring me in that guy. You know, like, stuff like that. Like, how yeah. much, you know, we've seen Jim Ursay do stuff he doesn't typically do this year. Yeah. And just taking steps, honestly, too far uh, in a certain ways. And so, does he do that more? Is this a sign of things to come? And if so, I, I really hope not, because that would just really kind of screw up everything. But I'm just curious how that takes place. Is he like Ballard? You're great at the draft. Stick with that. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give more of my thoughts, and we're gonna do a lot more of what I want to do in free agency. And if he says that, does Ballard say, "Nope, see ya"? You know, I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting one, but we'll see. I mean, if if Chris Ballard, when you saw him and at that Jeff Saturday presser, he looked like a child that had just put been put in timeout. Like that's yeah, how he and worked. then was asked a few questions and then, you know, was given them snark remarks, you know, like uh, it's just one of those situations where, yeah, he looked like he was trying to defend himself rather than, you know, like actually stand there confident in what was going on. So. Yeah, it just wasn't great body language at all. And I do wonder how many people that rubbed the wrong way in the organization. Like, I really wonder that because Colts fans weren't having it. I wonder how many other people were like, what? That's our GM. What yeah. the heck, man? You know? A hundred percent. So interesting conversation. I'm sure we'll have more. Uh, very interested to see. Does Chris Ballard, you know, definitely come back? Uh, whether his own volition or not, we'll see. But guys, just let us know your thoughts on Chris Ballard, Jim Mercedes, whole situation regarding the GM. And if you think Chris Ballard should be given another opportunity uh, with a new head coach or not, let us know your thoughts and everything else in the comments below. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.